bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the <laughs> podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. Happy Pee Wee 23, meow meow. Happy Pee Wee 23 to you. I feel like I'm saying um, R's as W's. Like, um, we're courted. <laughs> we were courted. Well, you know what? Maybe that's because the spirit of Baba Wawa <laughs> is coming through you as we lost her right at the end of 2022. Right at the end. Right at the end. And I'm going to continue wow. the the R's as W's, and I do feel like I'm doing it. You know, I didn't hear it. I no, didn't hear it. you haven't yet. Let me, know, let me know if you hear it. I'll let you know if I hear it, but I did not hear it. But we are in Pee Wee 23. It's more like, it's not at the beginning. It's not like recorded. It's more like in the middle, like... um. Boandy. <laughs> and I'm Boandy. Oh, you were like, and I'm Boandy. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even hear that. I did not. I heard Brandy. So I don't know. Maybe you're, you know, it's the beginning or of like 2020. Or like Thoughts and Pueos. Oh. I can't, I can't stop. Like, I feel like I'm doing it. I can't work my lips. Yeah, it's your, because you're, it's the, the spirit <laughs> of Baba why? Wawa mm-hmm. is coming through you. And she's saying, Brandy, you know. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Like that really wasn't what bugged me about her. You know, it's important to talk about what bugged you. About yeah, after they time. die. After they die. Today, actually, I will. I have been saving watching stuff about Barbara Walters because I knew it was going to be like like moving and stuff. Very gay. Uh, yeah. Very. Yes. Very. <laughs> oh, I thought you literally. I was looking at your face, mm-hmm. being me inside, and I thought you meant moving homes <laughs> oh that's how as an extreme home makeover yeah i thought you meant mm. it was going to be moving it was going to be like moving from one like home to another the way it feels to move and not touching oh. because i'm so dead inside <laughs> and i accidentally mm. saw them talking about it on the view because yes. i record that and here's my thought i need to stop that recording because <laughs> megan mccain's not on that anymore uh, i also need to stop recording it because <laughs> megan mccain isn't on it and actually the funny thing is that I have said to myself many times, why are you so I deleted all the views. I don't watch it anymore. But no. then Barbara Walters died and I was like, you're going to wait because they're going to go on there and they're going to do a tribute and you know you need to watch it. And this is why I said so gay because you're like waiting and yep. lurking. I waited. And honing. Honing. And honing, and honing. It down. I, honed, I honed so hard and I waited and I still haven't watched all of it. I watched one clip. And oh, you know what? You want to go in a closet yeah. with a, like a piece of ham mm-hmm. and eat it and watch it and cry yeah. and like punch your own ankle. I want to punch my ankle, my cankle. <laughs> I want to punch both cankles and go, God damn. I, I like 
because you don't just see her, you see Meredith Vieira, you see Connie Chung. The you one see you episode on Big Eye Sketch Show <laughs> in the oh like, right in right the, the, no one cares the, about that. But I mean, honestly, in the legacy of that shit, mm-hmm. it is. I mean, the view's a big deal in our lives and in everyone's life. Period. I mean, the zeitgeist it just is. And Barbara Walters. I mean, we cannot watch a goddamn fuck a biopic. Michael Jack, whoever it is, they're crying. Barbara Walters, to me, I didn't even think about Big Sketch Show. However, I did think about Gilda Radner, and I did think Sherry O'Terry, because those two Why are would the you two- think of them and not yourself? I don't, because I've no, because it's I because I don't think about myself at all. I thought about Gilda Radner and Sherry O'Terry. Gilda Radner, who did the first Barbara Walton. They have Wawa. seen every single parody of themselves, including a drag queen and fucking Orlando. <laughs> they all of the View have seen every single. You're on a network show, on a panel. You're playing Joy. Be- if you don't mm-hmm. think Joy Behar didn't see that shit, bitch, you know she did. Well, I hadn't thought of it, and I just don't. It, I don't know. I just don't. It just doesn't. I don't even know. I don't know. I just it doesn't. It it's it, it it's not, it's 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 I don't know. It's it's in the ether to me. However, I thought, oh, my God. And then I watched this clip and they showed her and Sherry O'Terry, which Sherry O'Terry, who did one of the funniest Barbara Walters during New Year's with Andy and fucking Anderson, one of the <laughs> funniest ever and it's New Year's. And it, exactly. So it made me think of that. And then, of course, Gilda Radner, who did, who who made it, who just, who made it, who was my fucking, uh, one of my queens. And who so, also died. Also died. Also my same birthday. And exactly. Died of cancer. Married to Gene Wilder. Ugh, I could go on. However, whatever. She, so I'm watching this thing. And the thing is with Barbara Walters is that the one fucking thing that they show, the main thing is when all the women fucking newscasters come out. Oprah's on there. Barbara, we want to fucking fucking celebrate you. I heard you listening to it. Yeah. And they all come out. Jane Pauly, Connie Chung, Deborah Norton, Deborah Norville. Norville. <laughs> Deborah. Everyone who fucked Matt Lauer. All of them. His indiscretion. All of them are there. And I just think that is fucking. I just love it. I just love it. Oh, so the, it goes so deep. The the hate love we have. Yes. It's yes. like a mother. Yes. It's like a sister. It's like a best friend. It's, it's a like ground a, a lover who moated you. It's right. like she is so beyond reach. Yes. She yes. she uh, she rejects us and takes us in right. and inspires us. And we... She was a groundbreaker, but also a panderer. <laughs> yeah. She was she bugged, like, but also she bu- beloved. <laughs> exactly. She had actual terrible questions <laughs> and also some good ones. But like she wasn't really a prober. She was more of a enabler but at the same time Broke she was ground. one of the she I feel did like break the ground I'm and having... she deserves all the accolades because she is she is one of the first and she is a fucking ceiling breaker so. i feel i'm having a a, a gator moment yeah uh, yeah where we should all be able to we're not doing it i mean we don't do it with nance pelosi if we decide <laughs> someone is a fucking hero we will not hear a word. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is a teaching moment for you and I. Okay. Where people can be all the things and they can be a total fucking fail. And, <laughs> yeah, but, right. And, you, and we can also mm. love them. Yes. And it's important to acknowledge. Mm. And I, I actually don't think we have a problem loving people who we think are total fails. <laughs> yeah, right. I think we probably have a problem admitting 
that our heroes have failure moments. And I think other people aren't good at loving people that they that have fails. I think other people suck at it. I think people who yeah. like Barbara Walters, literally besides me and you, like fucking love her to death. And then me and you are right, like, like she oh does my no God, wrong. Fucking... Like Megan right. Kane. We don't fucking she's the worst. And I'm literally like <laughs> Barbara Walters died. I'm like this. Oh, I gotta stop taping this. Like fucking fuck Alyssa Farrakhan the value exactly. or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. Like that is what we gotta be able to do. Like love heroes yes. and have them be real. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And sucky and vapid and not that good at their job. Right. But still did it. And also was great in moments. It's like a, a just every human being. We can't, you know, you can't, a person isn't infallible. Yeah. They're not. So I love, we love Barbara Walters and all of her glory and all of her terribleness and, you know, and not that she's a bad person. It's just that there's just, say you know, this, whatever. In, in, for the rest of the show. I bet you if someone said, you know what, fucking goddamn fucking Nancy Pelosi, like, how fucking dare she? Like, mm-hmm. you're so rich. You have mm-hmm. 50 fucking kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't take care of Christine. <laughs> you know, you're fine. <laughs> but you know what? I love the bitch. Like, you're doing it. You, if somebody came at us like that and said they loved her mm-hmm. or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or whoever or Barack Obama or, or Hillary Clinton, like, yeah, like, I get it. But nobody does that except for us. Yeah. Honestly, like, I'm sorry. We're the best people in the whole world. The beginning first day of the year. I'm like, no one does it. Just tell me that they suck, but you love them anyway. And then I'll listen to you. But I'm not going to fucking listen to you. if You act like somebody is some demon lurking in the corner. It's like, oh, come on. Like, yeah, because that's just not true. I mean, that's not real. Across the board, a star is a star. And if you can't say... Across the board, a star is a star. Like, like Lindsey Graham, for example. Star. <laughs> you can't... Even you can't Trump, say, you can't not can't say he's it. a star. He is. Can't deny it. He's horrendous. You don't have to love him. disgusting, but you can't admit he's a star. You can be like, oh, you know what? He's just so boring. Like, I just... Can't say that. Can't say that. Cannot say... I'm going to kill myself. That. <laughs> so, now, speaking mm. of stars... Yes. ...who are awful... Yes. But we, um, as paragons of virtue and wonder in, in Pee Wee 23, we will acknowledge terrible stars. Yeah, yes. the ter- Yes, we will. We ad- do. Yes, that's right. We're trying to change the world terrible star by terrible star. So on the last day of the year, mm-hmm. we did do a Patreon podcast. <laughs> no, here's where I go. Patreon. <laughs> no one here cares. Uh, a few a handful of people care. Mm-hmm. And instead of talking about our dinner at Nobu in Malibu with Jason Momoa, we talked about terrible stars of the 90 Day Fiance <laughs> Single Life Reunion. Mm-hmm. And before anyone turns in their notes, passes their notes into the front of the, the class, before anyone does it, we do not watch that, right, Mamo? Well, we hadn't. We don't watch that show, <laughs> let's say. Mm-hmm. Never. No. We will watch... Uh, 90 Day Fiancés here and there for podcasts, other people's. We despise Pillow Talk. We uh, tried to no, assassinate no. the entire cast. Fuck Pillow Talk, <laughs> so obviously. I think we've got a fucking bone to pick. Mm-hmm. We also don't like that show. We think it's not funny. Yeah. You know, it's it's when something becomes too real or mm-hmm. too fake and mm-hmm. it's just not funny. Yeah. We just don't like it. No. What we do love are reunions. Love. This is why we discussed it. We don't talk about shows on the Patreon podcast per se. Mm-hmm. 
we talk about any whatever, but we don't we don't do like you know what it's time for the Bachelor guys. Yeah, like the 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 what is it called? Not the wrap up, but when they go through the whole like a recap. A recap, yeah. We don't do it. No, this was a one off <laughs> that happened because we needed comfort in the night, as a high person does when they can't do an ice sculpture or mow their own lawn at mm-hmm. five a.m. So mm-hmm. we watched. The 90 Day Fiance Single Life Reunion, <laughs> and that's only because the other one wasn't available, entitled 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After. That wasn't on that night, but it's on now. It's recorded. And we're going to watch it. Mm-hmm. So only that show could tear us away uh, from Jason Momoa. <laughs> so here's a taste. You tell you don't a know year. You I don't know. When you, don't know. You, don't know when you don't know when you matter. That's you what she said. <laughs> she said. You don't know when you matter. You don't know when you matter. You don't know when you met. Do you know when you met her? <laughs> like, I don't deserve it. I mean, honestly, you've been dating a year yet. She's never been to your house. What? You, can you guys? You guys? I mean, the group. She asked the group. That, she group. asked that question. But like, do you hear this individual's yeah. voice? Yeah. It is fucking unbelievable for two people for two people who've never seen the shit okay who only wanted to go and visit our old friend natalie who we've seen throughout the years and there's a goblin living and breathing on a screen we were practically holding each other in delight like we were like who gives us such a gift at the end of 2022? Unbelievable. Who, how did this happen to us that we were gifted this? And had she not even been there, we wouldn't have got... I mean, at least she had those things to say. Because Sean had not gotten not no. one thing to say. And she's so fucking annoying that even this guy, Josh, says, can we put a mute button on the troll? Yeah. I, I mean... mean he leaves the set and is like... That woman, yeah. I'm not going back out there. And they have to like beg him and pay him money to go back out and sit next to Debbie. Because she is, they should put her, she should get her own talk show. She should get <laughs> she her own to. fucking oh, she should do, talk show. She should do ASMR. She should do oh relaxed videos. She, oh my God. <laughs> Instructional videos. She should read audiobooks. <laughs> and the pen cap comes on. <laughs> She was out of her mind and didn't uh, post that wild. Uh-huh. You made her believe she, she was out of her mind. Isn't that the impression everyone got? Isn't that the impression that every and now and Debbie is trolls on, but then maybe the last three words sound normal. <laughs> everybody I? gets son and everyone got and that's and isn't that what everyone thinks? <laughs> <laughs> You're so dumb, Emma. You're so dumb. Uh, if that appealed to you in any way, you should seriously consider subscribing to our Patreon podcast. There's a link to a free episode in the description blurb of today's podcast, or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and all the information is there. We do two a week. They're a dollar each, and they're never about politics. You don't have to sign up for both, but you can choose to do just one, just one a week, if that's all you have time for. And they're never about 90 Day Fiance, right, Mama? No. Or any specific TV show, like we said, that was a total one-off. If we do talk about that shit, we... We do it because we think it's entertaining or anyone can relate. It's not because of some specific fucking meta, deep, 
Kathy Hilton, Lisa Rinna. No, you don't need to watch the show in order to even understand what's going on. And we were supposed to record our second Patreon right after that one, but we ran out of time before we had to get ready to go out. So per usual, we're running behind, but it's coming. Uh, it should be there by tonight or tomorrow night. I'm going to say tomorrow night. Thank God for Jim's calendar or we'd lose track. Here's Jim's new calendar. Thank oh. God he sent us a new one. We record every Patreon and bonus Patreon and regular weed on Jim's calendar. The first time he sent it to us was last year. I mean, the calendar is like a big, like, I don't know the size, but it's it's a lot. It's it's very 16 by uh, yeah. Um, beautiful, gorgeous, like his own artwork. It's almost like a I want to say it's like photography meets digital art meets neon retro um, sort of like commentative um, <laughs> pop art, if yeah, it's you like will. A, it's a commentary on pop culture. Yeah, it's really cool. Thank you so much, Jim. We love Jim. And we got face wipes from Ursa Major, courtesy of Quinn and Jimena. Like Jim's calendar, this has become a New Year's tradition. We love Ursa Major. And it says, Merry Christmas, sexos. Thanks for being so young, funny, and hot. Love, Quinn and Jimena. The... Face wipes are baller. I baller. Mean, that's just where it's at. And they always send them to us and they like spoil us with these. And yeah. I mean, I don't even know where to tell people I mean, to do it. It's like, it's our <laughs> shit. And we, I mean, we love it. We love them. Yeah. Love you guys. Okay. Then Meredith and Evangeline, um, parentheses and Brad, mm. sent us a holiday card and a gift from North Dakota. I just want to say that um, via Ooh. the holiday card and all of their pictures mm -hmm. evangeline and meredith have officially taken the throne from january jones as the most beautiful girls in north dakota <laughs> january jones she's pretty she's doing it she's done it we we're she's done and she's done she's pretty she's doing it she's done it and she's done it's meredith and evangeline it is the, meredith and evangeline the and the fucking, fucking cutest dogs i've ever fucking seen she's 15 years old now at 15 Aww. years old, I lived in Tokyo for two months. I cannot believe she's that age. Wow. I hate when these kids get older. That is literally the reason we'll quit this podcast. If I she know. turns 16, it's a wrap. Don't send us another card, Meredith. <laughs> Dear Julie and Brandy, when I saw these bags, I knew you both needed one because all our boobs are fine. Thank you for making my days brighter with the regular weed podcast and especially the Patreon. Here's an updated family photo for the drug den bulletin board. Love, Meredith. I mean... Sorry, your family's so gorgeous, and they're like also like rugged. Yeah, they you know do what stop. I mean. They're they like move. They they're drop. like rugged models. Now, what is in our gift? Ooh, <laughs> they're boob like what do you call like like yeah, pouches? I, I would call them makeup bags. Makeup bags. Here, you keep one. You can put guy stuff in it. Ooh, these are so it's all different shapes of boob. I fully believe bitch walked into a store. And said, we all have different boobs, and all of our boobs are okay. And this is all the different kinds of boobs. Like, literally all the different kinds of boobs. And they're all okay. Lo they are all okay. As we've said before, a million years ago in our vidya, long athletic tits, soccer tits, long boobs, one long, one big, one, you know, like all of, they're all Hanging, here. Hanging, short, right, poking. Right, little, round, like spiky. Odd, unique. We will suck on all the titties. All, All the, the time. <laughs> now it's time for a special New Year's edition of Hakeem the Dream. Uh, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. 
our segment called Hakeem the Dream, dedicated to our newly elected House Minority Leader and future Speaker of the House, Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries had already made history as the youngest caucus leader ever to serve in Congress, and he just made history today as the first black man ever to lead a party in Congress. It was the first workday of 2023 in Congress, which every two years usually consists of all the newly elected people being sworn in, plus all of the important chairs like Senate Majority Leader and Speaker of the House, etc., being voted on and elected. Congress cannot run without these elected offices in place, but for whatever reason, the MAGA monsters in the House of Representatives are fighting and could not agree on who to elect <laughs> as their fucking creature leader. <laughs> so we're going to push this news off until next week. But basically, in a nutshell, Kevin McCarthy is leading the establishment Trumpers, plus Marjorie Taylor Greene. And they're fighting against a small faction of about 20 MAGA molesters led by Matt Gates. Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert and a bunch of other disgusting twats are voting for the king of all disgusting twats, Jim Jordan, to be Speaker of the House. Jim Jordan doesn't want to do shit but hold the gavel as the head of the House Judiciary Committee where he can grandstand and show off while he harasses Hunter Biden. But that doesn't matter to Matt Gates, who stood up on the House floor and made the dumbest speech about how Kevin McCarthy is an alligator and if they want to drain the swamp, they need Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan, who himself voted for actual <laughs> Kevin fucking McCarthy. And Jim Jordan wishes he was an alligator. He's not even a creature in the fucking swamp. Jim Jordan is fucking mold. He's <laughs> fungus that rots the trees in the swamp. He's a molesting wrestler fungus. <laughs> yes, he Wrestling is. molester mold. That's is, what he is. Yes, which is why people on Twitter call him Jim, G-Y-M, Jordan. Just look it up. Oh, and he's sitting there voting for Kevin McCarthy as speaker while Matt Gates got 20 other Republicans to vote for Jim Jordan. And they did it three times three times they voted for speaker of the house and three times hakeem jeffries won the majority so today we celebrate hakeem jeffries our newly elected house minority leader replacing kwan nance pelosi and we will save the republican shit show for next week's episode when the speaker vote will finally be in and we can drag them all to hell officially um, I'm having a problem in addition to my speech impediment saying Jim Jeffries. <laughs> Jim Jordan? Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah. I'm combining them and mm -hmm. doing a Jim Jeffries. Is he right. like an Australian comic? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. I'm doing it. I, at one point, Googled like Jim Jeffries wrestling scandal. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. not the yeah. same. So because, I just yeah. need to put that out there. If it gets past the editors, <laughs> just know, everyone just know, I'm having an issue with Jim Jordan and Hakeem Jeffries yes. becoming one into an Australian comic. <laughs> so we here at Dumb Gay Politics have loved Hakeem Jeffries since he introduced Nance Pelosi in that famous speech back in 2019. That was an exciting time for us. Julie and I had not yet become the hardened shells of disinterest and distaste <laughs> that we are now. John Lewis and Elijah Cummings were still alive and no. their bromance was mm. thriving. Tell him, John. And most importantly, we were genuinely excited about what the Democrats could accomplish after they took back control of the House from Trump and his cronies. 
And it all started with the Hakeem Jeffries speech introducing Nance Pelosi mm-hmm. as speaker. Yeah. She got the gavel back. We were living. Mm-hmm. Hakeem Jeffries was young. He was exciting. His whole vibe just hit different than the majority of elected officials ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just was. Yeah. He's like us. Yep. He's older than us, but he was like us. Yep. And it didn't even. I mean, in that group, motherfucker looks like a millennial. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I've heard news people being like, oh, he's a millennial. And someone else being like, bitch, no. he's 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He made us feel seen. He made us feel heard. And above all else, he made us feel represented. Like many people, we fell in love with him that day. And there's no other person that we would rather see replace Nance Pelosi than Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So before becoming the first black person ever to lead a party in Congress, Hakeem Jeffries was born and raised in Brooklyn. He went to law school and became a litigator before running for public office. He joined the Uh, U.S. House of Representatives in 2012, and by 2018, he was the head of the House Democratic Caucus, which is an enormous caucus containing every single Democrat in the House of Representatives and all of their various exhausting (laughs) bullshit. So Hakeem Jeffries, my Mm mom, still lives in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. He lives in your old neighborhood. Oh. His wife is a social worker, and they have two sons, Now, I don't know how old his sons are. I couldn't find out. But I do know that their names are Jeremiah and Joshua. And I am not going to let that bother me. (laughs) I feel it trying to make me feel some kind of way. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it. I'm Mm -hmm. just not going to do it. You're not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. We're not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. We're not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So, fun fact. Hakeem Jeffries has the same birthday as Barack Obama. And his brother... Memel mm. is a professor <gasps> at Ohio State, which is the same school where Swamp Mold Jim Jordan was an assistant wrestling coach and famously covered up a mass molestation. Wow. Scandal. If that's not some weird. So weird. I, I know it's not. Karma's not the right word, but it's something. It's some energy universe. Something, something, something. I believe his sons are 19 and 21. Wow. Um, I had to look up pictures of all of them and do whatever. And of course, also a gorgeous. The whole family's gorge. You know what I mean? And the, the cute thing is that his mom was a social worker and so is his wife. So you know that this motherfucker is like loves a strong woman, loves his mom. There was a whole thought his the whole speech of learning about how where how he grew up around all these women and the grandmothers and the thing. It's just like he's just ugh. He's just awesome. He really is. And the news has just been so fucking gross and lame. And I know I'm making excuses for how lame the podcast has been. (laughs) And we've been phoning it in for months. But I truly do feel like. I mean, I don't even know. It's like I said, in, in 2019, we had this feeling and it was Trump and it was whatever. But there's just kind of like this grody. I hate the news so much. I hate what they're covering, what they choose to cover. I just feel uninspired. Yeah. I don't trust them. Yeah. And I can't with the fucking January 6th committee and the endless speculation and Trump and QAnon and Proud Boys. And I'm just like, and together, we both, we've been not into it. We're watching fucking human goblins <laughs> on a fake produced TV show where people fake marry someone from like the caucuses to get a page i don't even know you know what i mean we'll do anything to not watch this news and it's bullshit and i know the bright spot of like 
I would say, I mean, at least the last four months since October has been Hakeem Jeffries and even, but that's the thing with this year. It's like, there's like, it's like you're depressed and then you're inspired and then you're depressed and you're inspired. And it's like Nancy Pelosi left. I never saw that coming in a million years. One week after we dedicated a whole podcast to her, but then there was him. And it's like the only fun I've had since I found out she was leaving, which I guess would have been November, was researching him and learning about him. And I would say the only inspiration I've had. So during my research... Um, I was like feeling good and I was doing it and I was fucking, there's, I couldn't even find out the kids ages. So there's not that much, you know what I mean? I was like selectively in an echo chamber. I accidentally came across this Q and a at a college and, um, I got so fucking annoyed. Okay. <laughs> it just, why do a room full of pompous collegiate guys, <laughs> mostly it's, it's all guys. I mean, mm -hmm. you saw, you saw I did. Why do they get to interview him and we don't? They are children in a classroom. I mean, we're dumb bitch, numb nuts, tools. Fine. I got so fucking irritated. I'm like, why? 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, I still don't know why. I don't know. They were gross. We And we weren't just being petty because we were jealous. We hated them we hated their questions we hated the way in which they asked their questions and we hated their follow-up questions it was like watching the um fucking white house press corps be repetitive be long-winded act like they didn't just hear the answer to a question now these are supposed to be smart i've coming world changing people in this room and they i'm sorry they weren't they were passive aggressive they were subtle shade they were, but again, it's the repetitive there was no actor's studio. It was the yep. actor's studio. I'm asking a question to hear myself talk, to only ask my own question, which I worked on for a week, and I'm not listening to what anyone else says. I won't change what I'm asking, even though 14 other people just asked it. The White House press corps is the perfect, perfect description. It. it that is the level. Like, you're looking for your moment. You're a hungry tiger. And yes. you're tragic yes. and tired and yes. whack. Yes. And what are you yes. doing here? Yes. And all I could think is that why he was so awesome. What he was saying was so awesome. We learned so much. And, and yeah, I am fucking jealous. We are fucking jealous. Because I'm thinking, you're not asking him these questions to hear, like, the way someone would ask a philosopher or fucking Dr. Debbie or you like you ask someone you go teach me it's like they were, they're not asking that way right you don't ask someone like that a question you're being fucking a douche yeah it, this person has something to teach you sit the fuck down you 21 year old fucking pre-ejaculating tiny <laughs> dick piece of shit sit the fuck down a 50 year old grown man is going to tell you what it's like to sit in the room with the fucking third to the fucking presidency of the united states of mm -hmm. america and tell you why she didn't bomb ukraine you dumb bitch yeah and i fucking couldn't take it and i just thought why can't our 14 listeners <laughs> hear Hakeem Jeffries answer questions from us. <laughs> questions that are asked 
because we want to learn, because we want to know what he thinks, yeah. not because we want to disagree what he thinks, not because we want to shame him, not because we're already ready, whatever, because we honestly want to go, why? Mm-hmm. So on that note, we present to you the Dumb Gay Politics fake bastardized interview with the new House Minority Leader, Hakeem Jeffries. It's great to be here and I appreciate this invitation. It's a great honor. You're welcome. Congratulations being elected. Oh my God. We are so excited. We are excited for the future and we're excited for you. Congratulations. So Congressman Jeffries, like any large group, we've got a lot of assholes in the Democratic Party. Many of them probably aren't even assholes until they're forced to compromise or hear an opinion different from their own. As chair of the House Democratic Caucus, you've dealt with every type of Democrat under the sun. Which type of Democrat is the most insufferable and hard to deal with? Yeah, I mean, the House Democratic Caucus is incredibly diverse in every possible way. In fact, over the last two Congresses, the Democratic Caucus in the House is the most diverse legislative caucus in the history of the country. And over that period of time, starting with the class of 2018, when they were elected, giving Democrats the majority, had more women serving in Congress than ever before, more African Americans, more Latinos, more Asian Americans, more members of the LGBTQ community, two Native American women elected for the first time in American history in that class of 2018. One, Sharice Davids, still with us. The other, Deb Holland, is now the Interior Secretary. We're incredibly diverse as a caucus on race, on gender, on religion, on sexual orientation, on life experiences, on region, and on ideology. But I think we lean into that dynamic and believe that it's what makes us the most authentic representatives of the American people because we broadly reflect uh, in the widest possible way the diversity in every possible way of the American people. Now that doesn't mean that we always agree. Sometimes we agree to disagree while trying to work to find common ground and arrive at the highest common denominator. Okay, so basically what you're saying is that all Democrats are annoying, and that tracks, quite (laughs) frankly. But I just want to ask you, Congressman Jeffries, isn't it frustrating that other than the random performance art bullshit of today's speaker vote with Kevin McCarthy, the Republicans, for the most part, put their differences aside and come together? For example... Both impeachment votes, but most especially the one after January 6th, more than half of those motherfuckers were done with Trump after January 6th, but yet they still voted the way the party told them to in the impeachment vote. They all did. No matter what fucking speech they made or whatever they said, they rolled in with zero shame and voted not to impeach. Democrats don't do that shit. We do whatever we want and then tweet about it and and aggrandize and clout chase (laughs) about our decision. I'd much rather be part of a coalition than a cult. If you're part of a cult, I'm not saying there's cult-like activity going on in Washington, D.C. You can draw Uh that conclusion yourselves. But 
Senator Bob Corker, conservative Republican from Tennessee, during the early days of the previous president, said, this is turning into a cult. That's not Hakeem Jeffries from the People's Republic of Brooklyn. That's Senator Bob Corker. It's not Keith Ranieri. <laughs> from Tennessee, Republican. I'd much rather be part of a coalition than a cult, but it's harder. Mm -hmm. Because if there's at least cult-like behavior, you just take orders from the cult leaders, no matter how reckless, irresponsible, divorced from reality, dangerous the orders are, the cult leader says it, you do it. Whereas in a coalition, you got to work out these differences, including different ideological perspectives, the center, the center left, the left, you know, the furthest left. But all driven by the same values, what we like to say is fighting for the people. Absolutely agree, Congressman Jeffries. Absolutely agree. Um, well, to me, one of the best examples of this is Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as well. Um, but I constantly hear people talking shit about them. And I'm not even talking about Fox News. I'm talking about people I know in real life who are Democrats. They they want to like like shit on Jojo and Kiki. And, and I just, I don't know. What do you say to people who play or hate on Joe Biden? And how can he win in 2024 if our own party is so divided or diverse, as you say? I think there's a lot that President Biden has accomplished under his leadership. 6.6, .6, I believe, million jobs created in Joe Biden's first year. That's more than any other president in a first year in American history. Fastest rate of economic growth in 40 years. Unemployment at 3.94%. That's pre-pandemic. We've had a situation where when President Biden first took office, 2 million Americans were fully vaccinated. One year later, more than 200 million Americans were fully vaccinated. Our infrastructure is in desperate need of repair. In Washington for decades, they'll tell you every other week was infrastructure week. Every other week and nothing ever happened. But under President Biden's leadership, we had a historic investment in our nation's infrastructure to fix our crumbling bridges, roads, tunnels, airports, mass transportation system, clean water in every community, universal access to broadband and high-speed internet, particularly important in the digital economy. Those are just the highlights of his success, including a historic child tax credit that cut child poverty nearly in half during the last six months of 2021. So we have a record listening. of accomplishment to run on. <laughs> I, I think so. most would agree we have to distill it and do a better job of communicating that record of accomplishment That's to the American true. people, sympathize and empathize with the circumstance that people find themselves in, COVID fatigue and inflation, articulate a vision for pulling us out of the final stretch of COVID, hopefully, and lowering costs for everyday Americans. And I believe we have a fighting chance to win. And the other side is a mess at this particular point in time. So we'll be able to draw a contrast as well. I, from what you said, Congressman Jeffries, mm. my most impor important takeaway is that I need to keep a list of all of the shit in my notes app on my phone so I can bust it out whenever I need to because I do feel that we are, um, I wouldn't even do it, Mama. You know I wouldn't. We've been in situations where someone wants to fucking talk shit. I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when we interviewed John Fugel saying, and it was like, he had it all 
like on the tip yes. of his tongue. Yes. yes. And it's like, would do I not do it because I don't have it on the tip of my tongue or do I not do it because I just wouldn't do it? I don't really know, but I do want to have the list in my phone just in case I need to be like yeah, get the stats out. Yeah, you're 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 tripping, bitch. Yeah, you're tripping. So basically, we're gonna keep the list. We're gonna have it in our phone. Particularly, there are some things that we can do, like when anyone ever brings up how Biden fucked up when he pulled the troops to end the war in Afghanistan. That's a big one because people love bringing that one up. And I'm just like, give me a fucking break, okay? Just give me a fucking break, okay? Because that's all they can say. That's all they can say. They can say that. They can be like, oh, the the whore, oh, he did a terrible job in Afghanistan, which. That's really a matter of opinion, actually. And also, they also want to say, but what about Hunter Biden and all that bullshit? And, you know, the Jim Jeffries and the fucking Republicans have a hard on for Hunter Biden, even though he was never in the government and he was never president and he was never hold any office. He just was a stupid fucking lawyer. Yeah, he wasn't even like a like what he the Trump kids are. Nothing. Like a fucking he did counselor nothing. or whatever. Yeah, called. like, sorry, he was a drug addict and made some porn videos. And you know what? Maybe he did get paid a little too much yeah, by Ukraine. he didn't have an office like he the Trump kids. Exactly. He didn't have an office office so go cry about it like every other fucking rich kid who got a connection from their dad or their mom or whatever he didn't do anything bad to the country just what i can't even deal but the thing is with afghanistan is that they want to bring that up and say that that was some debacle and that he fucked it up but i'm i'm sorry i think that's bullshit am i right congressman jeffries <laughs> no i wouldn't call it biden's biggest mistake but i do think that and, and the american people after 20 years, certainly supported a withdrawal from Afghanistan because it couldn't be a perpetual, endless conflict and war. I think the evacuation. Yeah, they supported it till he did it. By and large, with the, with the tragic exception, of course, of the loss of military lives which happens every day life, more. Mm -hmm. every single day tragic mm -hmm. military or civilian you know but those were patriots who were there to do a job and died at the hands of a cowardly suicide bomber as part of doing that job not just to evacuate americans but to evacuate afghanis as well i think the president has spoken to that pain of that moment with a sincerity and a heart that he brings to these type of tragedies because he's experienced human tragedy. I do think we have to continue to do everything possible to try to make sure that anyone who is under threat in Afghanistan from the Taliban can find safe harbor. Safe harbor in allied countries or safe harbor in the United States. And I do believe that that's a continuing responsibility that many of us in Congress believe the United States has to this day. OK, so on that note, I will say that the same people ready to come for Biden about how he handled leaving Afghanistan and we hear it all the fucking time. Those are the exact same people who are the loudest about how he's handling Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Right, my mouth? Uh -huh. Like, why? Are we answering for a situation in Ukraine? We didn't cause it. We didn't ask for it. Now it's our responsibility. And suddenly it's like his entire fucking administration hinges upon the reaction to this. There is no answer, but I will ask you, Congressman Jeffries, what is the answer? It's important, you know, for, for us to stand up to a bully and an aggressor. 
but we have to stand up to him in a responsible way so as not to trigger, I think, as President Biden has indicated, World War III. So it's a difficult balance, in part, because some believe that Putin is reckless and unhinged, and at the same point, we can't allow him to run roughshod over a democracy in an independent country. I do think that making sure that the sanctions regime is the most onerous in world history is merited at this particular point in time. Maximum pressure on Putin. Some may say he doesn't care about the Russian people, but he does care about the oligarchs mm -hmm. and his money. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think the, the strategic targeting of the oligarchs freezing their money, their assets, many of which are located in the West, here in the UK and beyond, perhaps limiting the ability of Russia to participate in the international monetary system as best as possible, one of the things that's being contemplated. Isolating them in the world are all things that should be on the table. And also making sure that there's a meaningful presence of American troops in the NATO-allied countries that are in that immediate neighborhood. All steps that I believe the administration has either taken or are contemplating uh, taking in the next few days, the next few weeks. Well, that's good. Now, you said we should have a meaningful presence of American troops in the NATO-allied countries in that area, but what about sending American troops into actual Ukraine? Uh, I don't support the use of troops on the ground in Ukraine right now. I believe the president is correct to have refrained from taking that step in terms of escalation. But, but I think he's taking the next best step, which is to make sure that the, the American military presence in the region, in the neighborhood, Poland and beyond, is increased. And that we will continue to increase um, our military aid and assistance, direct military aid, including lethal weapons uh, to Ukraine now that they're in a hot war. I don't know, <laughs> fucking congressman. I just feel like there's no winning. And you know what? That may have always been true. Sometimes I try to like transport myself mentally back to like the year 2000 in L.A., pre 9-11 fucking everyone's furious about George Bush and the Nancy Pelosi doc George Bush is standing up there talking about like I have the honor and the privilege of introducing mm -hmm. and I am whopping the fuck out now I never hated George Bush I always thought like oh he's nice <laughs> now this is from a dumb bitch who's like you know watching Fear Factor and who knows what shit I was doing but I certainly like didn't know what was going on but people were not happy. People were furious in L.A. People were fucking furious. And it just continued on with Al Gore and the fucking Priuses and it all just continued on. So maybe I'm living in a bubble in a vacuum. I don't know. But it does feel like it's worse than ever. It does feel like there's no winning. It, it used to be when we were at war. Are we all had a common enemy like that time with George Bush? It was like all of a sudden <laughs> we got bombed like fuck fucking 9-11, bin Laden, whatever. Everybody banded together, even Democrats. 
needed to get on board and it's just never going to happen again. It's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's and we hate each other, I feel, and especially when it comes to foreign policy. I don't feel like there's any common ground. It's upsetting and disturbing and unsafe and unsettling. And I'm just wondering, besides Mark Zuckerberg, who obviously <laughs> is completely to blame, why, why are we like this? I ask you, Congressman Jeffries, why are we like this? The fatigue that resulted amongst the American people from a failed war in Iraq that cost trillions of dollars, thousands of lives, tens of thousands of people permanently maimed, hundreds of thousands of lives lost in Iraq, if not millions adversely impacted over more than a decade of illegitimate engagement, that's a big mistake. That can never happen again. No. And I think as a result of it, you have war fatigue now. It was an illegitimate conflict. But you have war fatigue, which limits the ability in the eyes of many authoritarians across the world for the current president or prior presidents to really legitimately threaten, oh no, we'll, we're willing to send American troops into Ukraine. When they know the American people are still dealing with the trauma of that failed war. So that to me is the big foreign policy mistake that was made uh, over the last 20 years. And we've got to learn the lessons of that. Uh, it's crazy that you've only been in Congress for 10 years. Happy anniversary, by the way. Um, a decade is a long time in life, but a short time in Washington. And yet in 10 short years, you've managed to become the de facto speaker of the United States House of Representatives. And I mean, not for nothing, Mamau. Betty Ford's husband was speaker of the House. Wow. And then they made him president when Nixon resigned. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm exactly. Just saying. So tell us what that means to you, sir. No, well, thank you for that question. One, You're welcome. You know, Nancy Pelosi is an amazing speaker. It's been such a great honor to be able to serve with her over the last nine plus years and then work with her as part of the House Democratic Leadership Team. The House is supposed to be the institution closest to the people. That was their view of the House's role. It's the reason why all 435 of us stand for election at the same time, every two years. Unlike the President, four years. The Senate, every six years, only a third at a time. Supreme Court, life tenure. The House, the institution designed to be the closest to the people to reflect the hopes, the dreams, the passions, the concerns, the fears, the anxieties of the American people. And it's just an honor to be able to serve in this institution at this moment and to be part of a caucus that I believe, you know, from the most moderate and centrist to the most progressive and all points in between, does really strive to effectively represent the passions of the American people, their hopes, dreams, aspirations, fears, concerns, and anxieties. Oh, love that. Love it. 
Congressman Jeffries, thank you so much for doing our stupid podcast. You truly are an inspiration to us. We haven't been at it as long as you, but I got to be honest, we've got major politics fatigue. And maybe that's just because it's kind of our job now. I don't know. What would you say to people who are discouraged and to us in particular? I mean us. Yeah, like literally the two of us. <laughs> in particular, who you are clearly obsessed with now. Okay. We just exchanged information before the interview started, and I see that your assistant has already emailed us. Like, okay. All right. All right. Like, obviously it's fine. We're all good. You don't have to worry. We love you. We are fans for life. Sometimes we wonder, should we even be doing this podcast? We're always drunk. We are so offensive that giving our opinion on this podcast has actually cost us other work. And most importantly, no one cares except for 14 people. What advice would you give to us particularly and also to <laughs> other people who feel discouraged or get, you know, feel like they don't know if they can get, get up again? You're going to get punched in the gut often have to face some tough decisions, be criticized, be vulnerable and exposed mm. in a public way, mm. and have to handle that. So embrace the adversity as you move forward. Even if you make an initial decision to transition and it doesn't work out. The most important quality in achieving your dream, I believe, because you're all naturally talent and talented mm -hmm. and brilliant you. and hardworking. <laughs> you wouldn't be here if that right. wasn't the case. That's mm -hmm. true. Doesn't mean you're immune from adversity. No. Keep persevering and, and you'll achieve the success uh, that, that you want to achieve and make a difference in this world. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid, stupid podcast. I mean, a <laughs> fake interview. What can you do? <laughs> we love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you're new here and hey, a fake interview is fucking harder than a real one. No shit. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics, I don't blame you. Um, but please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. Our Patreon podcast, Patreon podcasts <laughs> are completely different than this one. We do two a week, every week. There's no politics, no ads, no structure, no rules. It's not even, it's nothing. It's hanging out. <laughs> Best of all, there's no fucking hard press for you to join the Patreon. We never even talk about it. We don't talk about it. That's the reason to join. So you don't have to hear this fucking endless sales pitch. <laughs> so let me just repeat that for the reviewer that you may have forgotten, Memo, who left a review in 2020 complaining about our endless sales pitch. There are no ads on our Patreon podcast, not even for our Patreon podcast. But you know what? That one isn't free. No, but it's only a dollar. You get one podcast a week for $1 and two podcasts a week for $2. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to hundreds of hours of podcasts. And there's a list right at the top of all of our most popular episodes. So you'll know right where to go. Plus, you get the philanthropic satisfaction of knowing that with one single dollar, you are contributing to what has become basically our sole source of income since we got kicked off of Bravo. Think of it like supporting a small business if the small business wasn't a real business and was more like a charity. 
but the kind of charity that you can't get a write-off for. Yeah, and the kind that doesn't help people. But if being pressured to help us pay our bills out of the kindness of your heart isn't working, then we have a free episode for you to listen to just to see if you like it. You can click on the link in the description below or beside or above this podcast, depending on where you're listening. You go to our website, julianbrandy.com. There's a link on every page that says click to listen to our free Patreon episode. Um, you can listen to the whole hour. It's free right there from your phone or free right there from your phone or computer. This is what I hear. Uh, you don't have to download anything or sign up for anything or be good at apps or do anything. Click on the link. Take your mouse. Take your fucking iPhone. Take your Samsung, whatever it is, your Android. Click on the link. It will send you to the thing. Push the fucking triangle that looks like play. Anyone can do it. It's very, very easy. It's so easy. And if you decide to sign up, all you have to do is import our Patreon podcast feed one time into iTunes or whatever podcast player you're using right now. And then it will just automatically show up there every week next to any other podcast you subscribe to. Like I said, my mom, if Pam Howard can do it. I don't think the bitch has stepped foot on a social media. I don't think she knows what social media means. I think she might mean. I think she thinks that means email. <laughs> I, I'm. That's probably what my mom thinks and too. And she gets the. She does the RSS feed into her mm. iTunes on that's her iPhone, it and it's like, where's the Patreon? That's my mom. I mean, she's doing it. You can do it. Anyone yeah, can do it. That's right. It's definitely confusing at first, but all it takes is like five minutes of poking around the Patreon page to figure it out. Plus, our Patreon family is especially friendly and helpful if you have any questions or you can just message us directly from your Patreon account. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been very dumb. And Hakeem. Hakeem the dream. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man. By the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme Maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty grooving you want something visual that's not too abysmal we could take in an old steve reeves movie i'm glad we caught you at home could we use your phone we're both in a bit of a hurry right we'll just say where we are then go back to the car we don't want to be any worry well you got caught with a flat wheel how about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> 
stay for the night. Right. Or maybe a bite. Right. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. A sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. 